step inside my living room Share a little talk By roads walked and lessons learned Keeping the flame of faith burning I wanna know where you've been What you found out Spread some light in the darkness Spread it all about In the height In the height Put it all in the height Hello and welcome back to Hat Radio. My name is Avram Rosenzweig and believe it or not folks this is episode 40. We finally made it 4 times 10, 8 times 5. We are here in October 2019. And because this is a milestone, I think, in the uh, the life of this podcast, I have decided to bring on someone uber special, uh, a very dear friend of mine, someone whom you probably have heard of um, over the last few years. His name is Joseph Pasuma. Joseph, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Hello. Now, Joseph Pasuma and his family, his wife and his daughter were in sanctuary in a church uh, for a total of three years, uh, ending in 2015 when they went back to Hungary after having been deported and then finally making their way back to Canada. They were basically in hiding here in Canada and they lived lives which were extremely difficult, very fraught with danger. But ultimately, the end up until this point is a positive one, is a good one. Joseph and I and his family spent time together when he was in the church. And today, we're going to talk about those days. We're going to talk about the days that were leading up to it, some of which were very perilous. And we're going to talk about the last few years again when they made their home here in Toronto. So, Joseph Pasuma, thank you for being my guest today. It, it is great to see you. Thank you for having me. It is an absolute pleasure. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm good, good, good. Yeah, you're doing okay. It's been a long time since you did an interview, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because you used to do a lot of interviews. Yeah, before I have 27 articles. In, in like in Toronto Star and the various different newspapers, right? Yeah, always, almost like every week coming a new article. I, I remember there was a time where you would get very annoyed yeah, I, I remember coming to you and saying, "There's a newspaper that wants to do an article with you," and said, "No more. I don't want to do this anymore." Remember? Yeah, yeah. But 2016, we coming back, and then we don't doing. Yeah, why? Why did you decide you were going to stop doing interviews? And because my life has changed and have good life. I'm so happy. My kids go to school. I have job, and I don't want somebody looking in my life. I'm okay. You want to be private? Yeah. So mm. how, how come you decided to do this podcast? It's okay because, you know, a long time ago, I can't talking with nobody what's going on right now with my life. And you, my friend, we met a long time ago. And I would like to talking with you because I would like to sharing with you the three years ago, so much change have in my life. And you have to know that. I tell you, man, it, it, it is so wonderful to see you. It's wonderful to have you at my place. And uh, to be part of this interview for me is a real honor. It really is. Because uh, 
you know, your story was huge. It was right across Canada, and I'm going to guess it was into the United States as well. But even more than that, Joseph, when we used to come visit you and your wife, Timia, and your daughter in the, in the church, there was something about it for a Jew, for someone who's Jewish like me, it was it was almost like the Holocaust. And I say that is because I never knew anybody in hiding except for people and their stories. But to come visit you in the Windermere Church because of the generosity of Minister Alexa and her congregation, whom I also interviewed here in the show, it was something so real, something scary about it something positive and then to have you here today where you're you're a free man now aren't you yeah i'm free yeah, i'm yeah. 100% absolutely free right now but that time alexa she's opening for me the door she give it to me the place yeah and she give it to me the opportunity and i'm accepted that and we're living together 18 months 18 very very hard month yeah, and I'll never forget to her that she's a very amazing lady. I'm like so much. There's not too many people out there like her. There really isn't. And her husband as well, right? Yes, exactly. You, you told me before that when you were in sanctuary in the church, it's a united church, they built a specific room for you or actually fixed up a room for you. And you and your wife and your daughter stayed there. You were in a church prior to that, another church, right? Yes. But yes. but I think this church was more comfortable. Yeah, the Windermere United Church, Alexa office has my place. Alexa gave it to me, the own office. And the own office have a toilet but no shower. And we're moving the place. And the first three months, right. don't have shower. And we have a big problem in the summertime moving. And I'm called Alex's husband, Adrian, and Adrian fixed the problem because she he buy to me the big big a tub tub yeah, <laughs> and we every day evening loaded with water the tub and we doing the shower and was the three months it was fun for me and fun was my kids too. But it's wrong memory now. But it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, that's our the first three months was very, very hard in church, you know. Because we 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 are a new people in the church and everybody coming in a church wanna knows the story and we have to sharing the story with almost every single people in the church yes. and every day have different visitors in the church. And what was hard. But after Everybody knows my story and was everybody f so was so friendly and they want to helping for me because they recognized the problem they want to help me but was hard yeah well again I, I'm thinking about the idea of being inside and never being able to go outside because if you were you might be picked up by immigration yeah. and deported back <clears throat> to Hungary that idea in itself is crazy yeah like you were t we were talking before about freedom you said you know when kids are in school and they're raising their hands and saying we're fighting for our freedoms 
Do we really know what that means? My guess is you do, because you didn't have your freedom. Yeah, I, I was a teenager. I don't know what is that freedom. I see the American movie and always has in the movie, people say, okay, I want to go fighting because I need freedom. And I don't understand what is that freedom. Right, right. Yeah, but today I understand what is that freedom. It's a big thing. Some people don't have freedom. That is so, so bad. And you're able to truly, authentically, honestly celebrate your freedom. Exactly, exactly. So, you know what? Let's give a little bit of a context for your, to your story. By the way, your English is getting very good. Yeah, getting better a little bit. Your English is better than my Hungarian. And I'm too dumb. Yeah. I'm proud yeah. of you, buddy. I'm proud of you. So, you were born in Hungary. Uh, yes. Your wife, Timmy, was born there as well. You have a little daughter, uh, uh, Lulu. They, do they call her Victoria or Lulu? Lulu. Lulu, okay. And you're a very caring family. So, yes. you used to do human rights work in Hungary, right? Exactly. And basically, you would travel throughout the country documenting the human rights abuses against the Roma people. Yes. Yes. We're working hard in Hungary. So much racism have in Hungary. And my area, the Hungarian area, is was so, so hard area in Hungary because... In Hungary, right now, the population is 10 million people, yes. and, and, and 10% the uh, Hungarian Roma gypsy population is like 801 million people, mm -hmm. 800,000, 1 million people. And they have so much problem. And we made it in Hungary, the office, and uh, the office have green line, free phone, some people has problem, have to call the office, and the office try helping to the people, for the Roma people. And we we have so much phone call, and we're working hard because so much, so much time have special situation in Hungary, racist situation, and we're working that. Yeah. You were a hate crime investigator. Y yes, yes, exactly, exactly. We have 72 times the phone call in Hungary, 2008 and 2009, between 72 phone call because Roma people feel the danger feeling at home. Somebody won't kill him and take call the office. And we, we have 72, the number is 72 phone call have is so much during one year between and so much Roma people scared in Hungary because the, the life is a risk in Hungary because the neo-Nazi people just come opening the door and shoot you and then no problem. And we try fix it, the problem in Hungary, but but it was hard. We can't fix it, the problem. Because it was so big. Exactly. You know, your job as a hate crime investigator for working with former European Parliament member uh, Victoria Mohachi, yes. that was an important job. Like you're saying, you used to document the hatred that was directed towards your people, the Roma people. 
And you know something? I, as a Jew, I used to feel as though we were the most hated people in the world. But after working with you and after reading about the Roma, I came to the conclusion, I think that the Roma are the most hated people in the world. Yeah. What? Why would that be? I don't know. I don't know what is the problem right now because so much change have on the world, you know, but the big problem in Hungary right now the discrimination because the people, the Roman people have discrimination like some people want to go working and they want making money because money need need for the family and they don't give to him the job the white people coming the white people have a job but the, the roma people coming they don't give too much job for him and that sometimes the big problem in hungary because the roma people can't working and can't making money to the family and sometimes the roma people making criminal because sometimes he's stealing but another people say it's not normal because the roma people stealing no problem and always the problem is the hungarian roma people hate the uh, hated the uh, roma people because he said not not similar people the roma people like the hungarian white people they say they're different different they don't want to working they don't want to uh, uh, they lazy people they don't want to working but it's not true information it's just stereotype so the question the question then is as we were saying is i guess why do people hate the roma and why do people hate difficult question it's a tough one right yeah very difficult question so many things but basically the why hated discrimination is is basically the main thing in hungary but the hungarian people sometimes in the school separated the kids you know and separated a class and and that very very wrong thing in hungary they literally have set up separate schools yeah for the roma children yes and they teach them as though they have mental deficiencies right yes exactly uh, yeah but it's very very wrong in hungary they separated the kids because the beginning have the kids recognized i'm a wrong guy because i'm indifferent i have a different classes you know and and, and i'm a wrong that's so wrong in hungary that it's terrible yeah. but it's not only in hungary it's in italy it's in france yes and this has been going on for centuries yeah there was a time i believe it was in france where it was illegal to say that you were roma yes very 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 difficult so your job was a tough one in hungary yeah we we working that we we want to fix it the problem always because have you know every week have so much problem we want to fix it we, we the problem but sometimes we can't fix it the problem we always have different problem you know but my job you know in hungary so much 
criminal situation have in Hungary is so much, so much criminal. Yeah, the, the one one day, some people called the office and he said, he said, have problem in my village, please come down, and we goes down in the village. We goes down in the village and we see the situation was the kids goes in the store wanna buy some food in the store the Roma kids 16 years old and the white people working in the store he don't want give it to him the food because he's Roma and the boy asking why don't give the food for me I have money I want to pay the food and he the workers don't want to give the food for him and he has a knife and he said I hated the Roma people because Roma people don't want to work in and always have money but we don't know how have money and he goes to the boy and he stopping how old was the boy 16 years old and that boy died Aye. and the next minute the police is coming arrested the guy and asking why doing that because i'm hate people say because i'm hated the roma yes and that said but boy 16 years old died that day and so much situation have in Hungary same like that but sometimes the news don't say nothing they don't even mention it nothing nothing and people don't know how many Roma people died in Hungary because it's not news in Hungary Joseph you want to hear something crazy the, the, there's estimated about 12 million Roma in the world that's the estimation yeah the estimation about how many Roma were killed in the Second World War during the Holocaust, the number ranges from 200,000 to 2 million. Now, do you know why that is? Yeah. Because they didn't care about the Roma. They didn't even keep documents about the Roma. Yeah, the Jews, exactly. they kept documents. You know, how many were killed in Treblinka, how many killed in Auschwitz. Your ancestors, your family were walking hand in hand with my family in Auschwitz, but they didn't even keep documents. Yeah. And that's the thing, is the Roma are so invisible. Agree. Right? They're so invisible. People don't even want to hear them. They don't want to see them. They pretend they don't exist. And when they do see that they exist, the, most of these countries are very hurtful. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. How is it in Canada for you? Good. I'm going, I'm doing good, good, good. In terms of racism? Sometimes we feel it that, but not exactly hard like a European. Sometimes I'm feel it, I'm not feel it, I'm, I'm seeing other people have some racism. Because the Canadian people I'm seeing sometimes racism from sometimes the black people. And sometimes racism for the Indian people, but not for me. 
I, I never feel that in Canada the race is fe- feeling. What's that like for you? I'm 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 so happy with oh, that. Oh God, you must be. <laughs> you I'm, must be. I'm so happy with that. Yeah. Your daughter goes to school. She does amazingly well. People don't bug her. They don't pick on her. They're not racist toward her. Never, never. You know what the story we we have we goes back 2015. We goes back in Hungary and the 2016 coming back in Canada. And one years we stay in Hungary. We stay in Europe. And that time my daughter has to go to school, and she's starting in Budapest the first classes. And the first year she's doing in Hungary, and then we're coming back in Canada. And the first class, the first month, have problem because another kids say to my daughter, "You are a stinky gypsy girl." Great. <clears throat> and my daughter don't understand what is that, and uh, she want answer back and she said listen i'm not a stinky gypsy girl because my mom every day showering me showering showering yeah Yeah, taking shower i'm not a stinky girl yes Uh, by the way i'm gypsy but i'm canadian yes and she's fixing the problem but she explaining for me was a hard minute for her because everybody thinking maybe she's a wrong person because she's gypsy. And she don't like that feeling because in Hungary, the kids she, in a school always has the discrimination. We feel like that in Hungary because at one years she has so much time racism because she's gypsy. Well, listen, it got so bad while you were working in a human rights environment that one night you and your wife and your daughter, who was very little, were out for a stroll and you were attacked by neo-Nazis, right? Yes. Yes. Because in 2008 and 2009, the serial killer group kill Roma people in Hungary. That time, 2008 and 2009, 16 people died in Hungary. Yes. Because a group killed the, the Roma people. That time, nobody don't know Roma people. Who is the next one? I'm scared too. Maybe I'm the next one. Yeah. And one day, four people came and they want to kill me, the neo-Nazi people. And I was lucky because I was a survivor. I am no died, and I am saved my life, my own life, I am saved my children's life, and I am saved my wife's life. You actually lay on top of your daughter? Yeah. She has a, bat, a baseball bat, and they want to kill me with that. But I am surviving the situation, and then... I'm coming Toronto the next month, you know. But I'm never forget that situation because that was a stuff, the top in my life. You the, know? Wor- the worst. Yeah, exactly. The worst. And 
And then we coming for here the next month. And everything is changed in my life. I, I, we feel it in Hungary so much time, the, the, the situation, the wrong situation and the discrimination, but not for here. Here is, is change. Everything is changed in my life, you know, and I'm so happy with that because I don't feel it right now, that. And I'm so happy. Well, after these guys beat up you and your family, they told you next time we're going to kill you. And again, the reason why they hurt you so badly is because of the human rights work that you were doing. Yes. Right? Yes. So, as you said before, you were able to get out of the country. You came to Canada. And what's really interesting, Joseph, you know how there's always funny sort of silly things in these terrible stories? You said in an article that you came here to Toronto and they were some of your best years, some of your best times, right? You said yeah. you were in an apartment, I think, with Pakistanis and with Indians. Yeah. And you said it was then that you learned about chickpeas. <laughs> yeah. We and you're a cook, right? You're a chef. Yeah. We I got a real kick out of that. So here you're going from this crazy, dangerous, violent environment to downtown Toronto where you're safe. Right, you're being accepted by people of other nations, yeah, and you're learning about chickpeas. <laughs> yeah, we never eat before the chickpeas. I don't know what is that. In, right. we, my family came 2009, September and November. Have a first apartment, East York, and my neighborhood is so different. People, my floor, third floor, so much color. People living. Every neighbors is different country came. And we, yeah, we learning the chickpeas and, and something else, food too, because we never try in Europe, you know, different food. And we learning that. And we tried the new food. We tried a new friendship. You know, we tried a new food. Yeah, we tried a, a new culture. We tried to listen to new music. We try listen to different uh, uh, fate because Toronto is so coloring city, and inside Toronto, so many different people, good people living, and we want living here too. But what was that like? My God, coming from an environment that was so incredibly scary, I know what it's like to be scared, but not every minute of every day. Yeah, coming here. And feeling this incredible sense of freedom and this this sense that the, your neighbors are fine with you. They have no beef against you. They're okay with you. Yeah. You can sit down and eat with them. Were you still looking over your shoulder or did you quickly kind of get used to it and embrace it? No problem. Yeah, it's a different feeling for here. And nobody won't beat me. Nobody don't know who I am. Yeah. Nobody recognize me you know nobody say you are a bad man i'm just an ordinary people on the street yeah you know and i'm like that you know with my job too I'm, i have job you know i'm working nobody don't know who i am i'm just an ordinary people yes did you feel badly about yourself you know when the jewish people were put down by the nazis you always read that there comes a point where people start to look at themselves in a bad way were you looking at yourself negatively, or did you know who you were? 
Yeah, I know. I know that nothing negatively, nothing, nothing about. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. No problem. And you come from a very beautiful culture. Yeah, my culture is so beautiful. Exactly, and so colory. Well, it's the interesting thing. The Roma people, it's estimated that they've been around for about 1,500 years. Yes. Through, throughout Europe. You don't have a specific religion, though. Like when you're in a Muslim country, you will take on Islam, right? Yeah. Or if you're in a Christian country, you will take on Christianity. Now, your father was Jewish. Yes. But there's nothing Jewish about you, really. Yeah. Right? Like you never go to synagogue, right? No. No. No, no, no. no. I always tried to get you to go, though. <laughs> yeah, you know what? My father played, was, he was played violin, and he always want I make the violin too, but I never want that. I want to, I, I want to play guitar. And he don't like that. He want, okay, you have to play the traditional <laughs> music and hear violin. I'm saying, no, I want to play rock guitar. And Isn't that great that every son can disappoint their father? I just love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so listen, so when you were in the church, in the Windermere Church, again, we're talking, you were there for about 18 months. Yes. 214 to 215, somewhere around yeah. there. I used to come visit you, and we used to play music together, yes. right? Which was a beautiful experience. There was nobody in the church. It was later on in the evening. And I must tell you something. In the spirit of Roman music, some people call it gypsy. Um, you know, people say that the word gypsy is a negative thing. You, mm -hmm. you, you're, you're okay with the word gypsy? Yes, I'm okay. No problem. Because yeah, it kind of means the outcast, the stranger, the different person. But you told me once, I said, Joseph, when is it okay to use the word gypsy? You know what you told me? Yes. When it comes to music. Yes. Right. So you brought your guitar along with you today, and you are a very prolific, beautiful player. And I want you to, for a couple times in this interview, I want you to play some gypsy music. So can, can we play a song right now? Yes. Okay, so grab your guitar. Okay. And while, while Joseph's doing that, um, I want to once again welcome everybody to the show. This is number 40, episode 40 on Hat Radio. And it's a milestone of a show because we're getting pretty far here and I'm pretty excited about it. Take a look at hatradio.ca if you'd like to see our previous shows. We've done some excellent ones. One of the shows that I did was with Alexa, who is the minister at the Windermere Church, which is where Joseph and his wife and daughter stayed for 18 months. She's a fascinating human being. You know, we always try to look for people who are inspiring who are brave, who are courageous, and she is, and her husband is. Not only did they take the Pasumas into their church for 18 months at peril to themselves and to the members, but once that whole issue had been completed, guess what they did? They adopted three siblings. And you can imagine there's a challenge within that which none of us could possibly fathom. So God bless Alexa. Listen to that interview. It's outstanding. And today we have with us Joseph Pasuma, who's a dear friend, whom I love very much. And uh, he is going to grace us with some of his gypsy music. So take it away, Joseph Pasuma.
Thank you. The entire audience is clapping for you. Thank you. When did you start playing guitar? I was kids. You know, in my family, almost everybody plays some instrument. Piano, bass, guitar. My father played violin. And every week have some party to my house in Hungary. Right. And we practice always. I was young kids. New song is coming. We practice to kids, kids always practice, practice. And that's it. One of the most, I guess, famous, if not the most famous musician uh, who of, was of a Roma background was Django Reinhardt. Yes. And I'm sure that name came up very often uh, when you were growing up. He was born in 1910 in Belgium, passed away uh, in 1953 in France. He's generally considered one of the few European jazz musicians of true originality. Um, Reinhardt, who was of Roma parentage, traveled through France and Belgium as a boy and a young man learning to play the violin, guitar, and banjo. Now, do you know that he lost the use of two fingers? Yes. In a fire, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. The loss of the use of two fingers of his left hand after a caravan fire in 1928 did not impair his remarkable aptitude for the guitar. In 1934, he became co-leader with violinist Stefan Grappelli of the Quintet de Haute Club de France, a group whose many records are generally prized by uh, music lovers. And uh, he also played with Duke Ellington. Uh, he was just huge. If you want to hear some phenomenal, phenomenal Roman music or gypsy music, Google Django Reinhardt. It's D-J-A-N-G-O, Django Reinhardt. Do you know any of his music? Yes. Can you play me something? No. Not right really. now. <laughs> so hard. It's tough music. Eh? Yeah. Very it, talented. It's man. different uh, style, the French gypsy style, but so hard. But I like him so much. Oh, uh, all my friends who I speak to who are guitar players or real guitar players, they speak about Reinhardt. Can you take, play us another piece that you love? <clears throat> I have one friend. He made always solo for me. Yep. Um, I was always a second guitarist, and he has so much uh, song with him. He play always that, and we sometimes doing that together. You know, we always need two people or three people oh, okay. for you play, play that. Yeah. You know, we need a good read. One of the first guitarist and the second guitarist. You need that. Are you jamming here in Toronto with other musicians? No. You no. need what you need to find some, or are you just not interested? Just sometimes have friends, not a Roma people, and we just jamming, to try some music together. I have pianist, another guitarist, but just sometimes don't have time. You know, always weekend. We can have church. Not too much time. Right. Yeah. Busy at church. Yeah, busy. Okay. Let me hear. Let me hear another piece. <clears throat> Thank mm -hmm. you. 
Just beautiful. Nice job. I like your guitar too. Me too. It's a Fender. Yeah. That's a really nice one. So a little bit more about uh, music of the Roma from early on, the Romani, which is what your people are called, right? Yeah. The Romani. You have a language, a Romani language? A little bit. It's a, is it a private, like a mysterious sort of language? No. No, no it's a regular. I, it's regular because I read somewhere that it's, it's something which is kept very quiet. That's yeah, my wife speaking that. I'm, I'm just a little bit speaking. I'm a little bit understand that, but my wife speaking that. Plus, you speak Yiddish. No, I'm kidding. So, from early on, the Romani have been connected solidly with singing, dancing, and acting. They have carried that tradition throughout the centuries to leave behind a legacy of massive proportions. Most Romani have assimilated into the world leaving legacies of their talents and their cultures. Here's some famous musicians with Romani backgrounds. Uh, Kesha, Neon Hitch, Cher Lloyd, Jerry Mason, Django Reinhardt, uh, as we said, um, and many others. So that's it's quite a legacy that, that the Romani people have left so far in terms of music. It's a very big piece of your life, isn't it? Yes, exactly. There are there are other questions that people have asked about the Roma the, the Roma or, or the the Gypsy. As we mentioned before, some people feel very strongly the word Gypsy is an appropriate word to use. Other people say not. You're kind of in the middle on, on that, right? Yeah, but I'm accepted that no problem. Some people say Gypsy. Some people say Roma. I'm okay with that. No problem. You know, I once asked a native elder. Mm-hmm here in Canada, I said, you know, we're often challenged with the question of, is it okay to use the word Indian? Mm -hmm. Should we be using Aboriginal, First Nations? You know what he said to me? He yeah. said to me, don't waste your time. I said, what do, you, <laughs> what do you mean by that? He said, deal with important matters. He says, those names are all fine. He says, I'm fine with whatever you want to call me. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Now, you are a prolific, you know, when I use the word prolific, you are a prolific chef. You're an outstanding cook. You know, one of the things I used to like about going and visiting you and Timia, your wife, and Lulu in the church was the food. Mm -hmm. You would often create these huge banquets yes. of food for people who came to visit, right? Mm -hmm. what, what, what's your favorite cuisine? We like cooking so much. And one day in a church, we made it a party, the welcome party. The welcome party, yeah. And so many people know the neighborhood, my family living in a church, and uh, so much people want helping for me. And that time, my family want give back something to the neighborhood and the community. And that day, my family cooking 20 different dishes and... And the neighborhood is coming, and we feeding for the friends and the neighborhood, everybody. The twenty different food is has Hungarian schnitzer, yeah. has a Hungarian chicken paprikash, Hungarian cabbage roll, so many different salad, handmade pasta, 
and two different soup, the goulash soup and the bean soup. Where do you get these recipes from? Well, it is family recipe. Yeah, the, the cabbage recipe that my wife recipe, my wife, grandma, my wife, great grandma has her own recipe. And she doing that, she, she, she always making that cabbage roll, very tasty cabbage roll. And the goulash is, is popular in Hungary, beef, basically beef soup, beef stew. And we learning to the grandma too. Sometimes the grandpa cooking the goulash soup outside. But we, when I was kids, I'm always learning the, the food, how making the Roma people the food. And we always helping to the, the parents and we know the recipe right now. Can you tell me how to make a good goulash soup? It's a very simple recipe. The good goulash soup need beef, potato, paprika, carrot, and cumin. Cumin. Cumin, yeah. That's it. That's it. Very, very simple. The recipe, but the beef need two hours, minimum two hours for full cooking. Okay. Is cumin an important ingredient and important uh, spice in your food? Yeah, the cumin, yeah, is very important in the goulash, but in Hungary, the cumin is important too because I have another recipe with the cumin, but basically the very popular uh, uh, seasoning of uh, paprika, Hungarian paprika. It's very special in Hungary. The Hungary have own paprika powder, own peppers, Hungarian peppers, and we use that always. Hence the recipe paprikash. Yes. Right. By yeah. the way, do you use smoked paprika? I love it. I also do. Yeah, we use sometimes that too, the smoked paprika. is extra more flavor in the food, the smoked paprika. I, I love it, that too. And what about schnitzel? Any... any uh fascinating uh, tidbits you can give us yeah schnitzel have chicken schnitzel have pork schnitzel and there's a very simple food that too the schnitzel hungarian people like big schnitzel it's a very simple food but very tasty food yes it is very yeah. hearty yeah exactly I love that you Com know the words that I throw out I just comfortable want, food. sometimes I want to throw out words just to see if you know them yeah. And you're pretty good. Your English is getting really good. Yes, getting better. My is English. Timia's English is it good too? Yeah, she's learning always. She has a job, you know, and and a job is people have job pick up the language easy. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And Lulu's is perfect, right? Oh yes. Perfect. She's perfect, yeah. Sometimes I don't understand something right. and I'm asking Lulu. Right. And that happens a lot with newcomers to Canada. The kid will look up at the parents and say, oh, mommy, this is what they mean. Yeah. Right? So what languages does she speak? She speaks the Hungarian, original Hungarian, and right now she's learning the French. Is she? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, right now the situation is she was four years old, five years old. She has question for me, Daddy, how the spelling the English that and that and that, and I'm teaching her to the English. And right now, she, different situation has because I am asking to her. 
Yeah, how to spell around. Yeah, yeah turn around now and i'm learning to her before she's learning i'm learning to her she's a good girl isn't she your little one yeah she's very very good girl she's very smart yeah she speaks hungarian original she's writing reading in hungarian she's writing reading in english and right now she's one years ago uh, one and a half years ago she's learning french she like french too she like that you were telling me that you went to meet with one of her teachers and they were saying such beautiful things about your daughter that you had tears in your eyes yeah one day the teacher called me and uh, she said your children's so different because so smart your children and she's doing that and she's doing that and she's doing different that and doing that and i was so happy very very happy because the teacher like her so much she's the best student in the class and i'm like so much that i'm like her you started to cry yeah yeah she, she's good she's very very good she got very mature very quickly didn't she i remember when we used to hang out in the church she would become part of our conversations almost like an adult like she knew what was going under on she understood i guess as best as she could yeah you're showing me a picture right now she's gorgeous she's beautiful you're proud, aren't you? Yeah. A proud dad. Yes, exactly. But she, she understood what was going on. You were always very honest with her, weren't you? Yeah, she's understand the situation, why came the family in Canada. She understand why living here. She's understand why I was school. Yeah. To her. She understand everything. She's big right now, 11 years old. And she's doing good. Did you ever go outside the church when you weren't supposed to? Did you ever go for walks? Yeah. <laughs> you used to go to the pizza shop, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because her, she's she needs she, you know she was kids. She we starting the uh, life in church. She was three years old, and then we finished that. She was six years old. You know, three years she's life in a church, and three years old, four years old kids sometimes need special wish you know need mcdonald's food or need pizza food you know in the church like a big mac they need yeah she won that and yes i'm a father you know i'm a parent okay i'm go outside nobody don't know i'm going outside and buy food to my kids and then i'm coming back you know and she's eating the food and she's very like that and um, that time I'm making to her the, the good time, good memory. And yes, I'm parents, you know, why not? I'm going there. And, and one day I'm going there, you know, sometimes have surprise outside. <laughs> yeah. But it's okay. Yeah, I'm okay with that. No problem. Do you remember once I brought somebody to visit you in the church? I brought a couple of people, both of whom were Holocaust survivors. Yes, yes. Remember that one of them told you that she herself was in hiding during the Holocaust? Yeah, I remember that the ladies came in the church and and sharing the story and and, and she was kids, she's living in Belgium and uh, the Holocaust time and the, and the Nazi people is coming one killed in a building for everybody. But the Nazi people can't find her 
and her family right. because he, the family hiding in a, in the house in the building and she's sharing, sharing the story to me and I'm understand what is that because I'm hiding too in the church you know and that was a good conversation with her at that time because I'm exactly knows she understand me yeah Joseph there's was probably a, very few people who understand what you went through yeah it was an emotional moment for me in my life yeah have you been able to process those three years no no Everything is new right now in my life. I'm we starting the new life 2016 we coming back and, and everything is new in my life right now. I would like to forget what's going on before but I can't forget. I know I have different life with no problem. And we want to go forward my children future right now that important for me uh, it's very beautiful what you told me before that you have an apartment you have a car i like your car you love driving it you love the freedom of being able to go where you want when you want yeah you have a job your wife has a job sometimes it's cleaning up places and that's not ultimately what you want to be doing but right now it's just fine yeah because we have that you know before don't have that before we living in a church and before we don't have job don't have freedom and right now we have that the freedom and job and ordinary good life you're like an ordinary guy now right yeah just an ordinary but guy i'm happy with that you know that's all you want right yeah exactly i'm happy with that because because before don't have that you weren't ordinary, no. Yeah. Your life was strange. It was bizarre. Yeah, and I, I'm. I, I would like to enjoying every day. Enjoying the life, every day. Let's talk about Timmy for a second. We haven't talked about your wife very much. You two, even in the most difficult times, seem like you were very much in love. Yes. She's your soulmate. Yeah, we living together 18 years ago. And she's okay, she's beautiful, she's smart girl. And we doing in Hungary a different job. She have a very good job in Hungary. <clears throat> I have a very good job in Hungary too. That's right now we moving in Canada and we have a different life different job but we like that Timmy liked so much the new life in Toronto you know she used to visit Jewish seniors she told me in Hungary part of her job was visiting older Jewish people yes yeah yeah but Right now we coming back three years ago we have connect with the church people 
And sometimes the church people need help and Timmy always running. I have four old lady in the church and they always need help. And Timmy never forget the church lady before helping to my family. And right now the church people need help. So she gives them help. Yeah, exactly. And she's every week have one day we visit the two lady and another two lady two different place have and we cooking food and bring the food to the lady and Timmy that day cleaning the apartment to to the lady did you did you help her through those three years in the church or did she help you more so or was it a sort of a, you both helped one another both, yeah, both, yeah, each other, you know, because we, we doing that together, and sometimes I have problem in the church, Timmy help for me, sometimes yeah. Timmy has a problem, I, I have to help to her, you know, and we, we know when have problem each other, and not, not was a problem I have a problem or Timmy has a problem or my, my connect with my wife has a problem. You know, the big problem was I'm not free. And, and the, the small problem that time doesn't matter. You know, and she's, she's okay. Always okay. Don't have problem with her. Nothing, nothing. She's, she's an amazing lady. She's fixed the problem always. And she's amazing mom. Mother. Yes. Yeah, she's doing a great job. I like her so much. Yes, I'm so happy. So happy. You know, I'm here. You know, I'm happy because I have family. Yes. You know, that, that's the main thing. That the first of all, very important thing, I have family. And I'm no broken because I have family. And my daughter has, you know, has wife. You know, we have beautiful life because we always together doing everything always together yeah and we goes forward and that's it have you have you checked out toronto have you gone different places yeah where have you gone not just toronto the last month we goes the niagara falls oh nice nice we, yeah we see we have to see the niagara falls with the family but we sometimes go outside of Toronto because we like walking yes. the nature we like eating <laughs> yes, outside I know you do <laughs> yeah we like swimming outside and we visit so much places not just Toronto you know outside Toronto I once brought to uh, Lulu a bike right yeah. How did that go, that bike? She can't biking. No, she wasn't She tried the bike. It, three months, we tried the bike. But one day she said, no, I can't doing that. All right. She gave it a shot. Yeah. But she doing right now the basketball and the soccer. Yeah, okay. She liked that. She liked so much that. In the school, have a good team. And she she's doing that now. 
Maybe she'll be the first Roma basketball star. In Maybe. The world. So, what kind of restaurant do you want to open down the down the road? You know, I like I like Hungarian gypsy food, but Canadian people don't know what is that Hungarian gypsy food, and I would like to make the the food confusion together the Canadian and Hungarian gypsy food <laughs> together a little bit, you know. People, uh, uh, Canadian people like sandwich so much fast food have, and we have so much idea with sandwich, you know, Hungarian taste but sandwich, like a schnitzel sandwich. Yeah, well, exactly with a bowl of goulash. Yeah, that sounds nice. Yeah, schnitzel sandwich with cheese, schnitzel sandwich with vegetables, <laughs> you know. So much kind, different kind. Very good. But they have so much different idea for me and for Timmy have so much different idea too. You guys are great cooks too. Great cooks. I love cooking. I love cooking. I'm like I'm love eating too. Yeah, you've always liked to eat a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joseph, I want to thank you so much for doing this interview. Thank you for having me. It was great to have you. It's been a while, and I saw that you struggled a little bit throughout the interview, and. Uh, I'm I'm not surprised at that. These are difficult things to talk about. I guess you really sized it up when you said, listen, that was then. I want to forget certain aspects of that, and I want to move forward. Yeah. I think that's what your life is all about. You can never really forget it, right? But you can put it in place, put it in context, and just embrace what you have now. And I have to tell you something. A number of times throughout our schmooze, throughout our discussions, you said, I love life, and I just want to love every day. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's Thank really you. beautiful. Thank you. Well, listen, my friend, uh, we'll do this again down the road. Do you have a third song that you can play to take us out of the show? Okay. Do you have a third one? Grab your guitar. I want to uh, thank all of our listeners for being part of this. Uh, it was a real delight, an absolute delight. I feel as though this brought meaning to my life, this discussion. I learned a lot from Joseph and I always have hopefully you've taken something important out of it and I think mostly the idea that we need to embrace our freedom although the vast vast majority of us will never be locked up in a church where we cannot leave or we will never have to feel the hate that's directed at us by other people on a day-to-day -day basis because we live in the beautiful Canada we can take out of this discussion the fact that things like that do happen and they can happen and we have to be cognizant of it. And part of that is indeed embracing our freedom and our liberties and fighting for them. So please do so. You have been listening to Hat Radio. It is the show that schmoozes and we are going to take you out with another song from our very dear Joseph Pasuma. We wish him and his wife well. And we will be with you again next week. God bless.
listening to Hat Radio with Avram Rosenzweig, sponsored by Goodness and Positivity. Hat Radio, the show that schmoozes. Step inside my living room, share a little talk, by roads walked and lessons learned, keeping the flame of faith burning. I want to know where you've been, what you found out. Spread some light in the darkness Spread it all about In the height 